Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, the lady in the bay window. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. We sure do like to hear your real ghost stories, so if you have one, call it in. It's 855-853-4802 or write it in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And you could become a premium subscriber. No commercials, advanced episodes, access to the archive. You can sign up today through Apple Podcasts where you can try it for three days free. You can also sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or at ghostpodcast.com. I'm Carol Hughes. She's Kathy Gordon. How's it going today? It's good. It's rainy. It's gray. And it's a great day for a ghost story. It is rainy. And um, my new dog, Benjamin, he would not go outside because it was raining. So guess who had to take her dog for a walk in the rain in December, which is very cold in the middle of Kansas. It is. It was a you, wet, We need rainy to teach him. Uh, I'll bring Madden over and Madden can show him the rain ropes. <laughs> it's like, like he runs out, he goes to the bathroom, and he runs as fast as he can back in. It's 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 pretty hilarious. My neighbors have even commented on how hilarious it is when it rains <laughs> to watch Madden. Well, Benji's like, he goes up to the door like, got to pee. And then he he's in business mode. And then I open the door and he hears the rain. He just runs back the other way. Oh, so I'll probably have to take him out again. Oh, poor guy. Anyways. Um, so I he had, wasn't so darn cute. He is so cute. He is really, really cute. <laughs> like the trouble is he's so cute you can forgive anything with that dog. Yeah, he's like a kind of like incredibly cute. He sure is. So I have a show to put together today. It's based off of a show we did on the Grave Talks. It's full of ghost stories. Oh, I love that. So there is a book called The Lady in the Bay Window. It's by William C. Grave, and he's British. And it's, um, there's another part, you know how it's titled then, like, colon, and it's like, true stories from the haunted, from a haunted Sheffield home. So he lives in Sheffield, England. And he bought this house when he was 19 years old. And we briefly mentioned this on another episode the other day, and so he wrote the book, and I got to interview him. Super nice guy. Buys this house when he's 19 years old and has lived in the house for 18 years and has had so many things happen that he decided he would write a book. And, you know, and it's things that happen to him, things that happen to other people. And there's just so many hauntings. And he's already, since he published this book earlier in the year, He's already started working on another book because there's things that have happened since then. Because they never stop when you live That's in a haunted true. house. That's just kind of nonstop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is absolutely true. So interesting. I, I had mentioned the other day about the lady in the bay window, about how his friend had seen the woman in the bay window when they went to drive past the house. So I'm going to play three snippets from the interview. And this is the part where he talks about his friends seeing the woman in the window. Like I say, I, I'm a skeptic with an open mind now. I've been here 19 years. I've seen far too many things that I can't explain with my own eyes. Um, I've heard too many things that I can't explain. 
And for four people to see the same old lady in my house that don't know each other and describe her exactly the same way, there's been five sightings of this old lady by four different people, in essence. But not and you. They, you they, have I you still seen not her. seen, I her? seen her? And I, I've been I've been there three of these occasions. I was there. I was there. I was looking in the right direction. I just didn't see her. Um, I didn't see what they were seeing. And at the beginning of the book, when you decide to buy the house, you drove by with one of your friends, and one yeah. of your friends says, "Who is the lady in the bay window?" Yeah, yeah. And so we, we pulled up. Her. We were driving down the street. Um, it's quite a steep road, and as we drove down the street, he pulled up on the left-hand side. Obviously, we drive on a different side of the car to you guys. Um, yes. But I, I looked up from the passenger side and pointed at the house. He was parked bang outside it. And I said, it's it's that one there. It's number 333. And he sort of bent down and, and tooked his head across and looked across my chest and looked up at the house because it's up on quite a sort of uh, steep pitted path on the way up to the house. And he looked up at it and said, lovely house, but who's the old lady in the window, in the bay window? And I kind of took another look at the house and I knew that the house had been empty for six months. It had been renovated. There's no furniture in there. Um, there's no radiators, no heating, no, no nothing in there. It's completely empty. And I knew nobody was in it. He said, yeah, the, there's a lady in the window. And he, he pointed his finger past me. I've, I've put in the book that it was an oil-stained finger because he was a, me a mechanic friend of mine from work. And he pointed up at the window. And I was looking at the same house as him, at the same window as him. And he was saying he could see an old lady. And I was just saying, I, I can't see anybody there. There's nobody there. There's no not even any curtains up. And as he drove away down the road, I, I sort of quizzed him on what he'd seen and, and said, what did you? What did this so-called old lady look like? And he said she was probably in her 80s. She had short grey permed hair. She had a, a dark cardigan, a white blouse on. And she was leaning with her arms on the bay window, looking straight out at the car with a real piercing stare, like she didn't want us parked outside the house. And I, at the time, again, I was, I'm a logical person. I couldn't see it. I just thought he was winding up. I thought he was joking with me to try and say sort of the house is haunted. You're moving into a haunted house. Um, but I, I didn't see it. I didn't believe in anything like that. And, and that was that. Isn't that interesting that four people have seen this ghost in his house and he separately, people that don't even necessarily know each other, and they mm -hmm. all see the same woman. And they all describe her the same way with the dark cardigan, the white blouse, uh -huh. the, the whole thing, you know, and that's so specific. The other thing I thought was interesting about the description was she was leaning on her hands on the window. Kind of. I wonder if it's that kind of leaning and looking out like get off my yard sort of look. <laughs> yeah, because the the leaning thing to me felt very frontal and aggressive. I don't know if that's the case, but does that it felt that way to me when he said that. Yes. And, huh. and I don't know that I have this other part. There was a story in there about they were hanging out in the living room and one of the friends saw her sitting in a chair. And like nobody just like looks over and sees a woman sitting in a chair like it scared the crap out of him. Well, and it's probably a bunch of 19-year-old kids in the house. Yeah, because their buddy just bought a house. Like, that's yeah, everybody's it's like, house, you know, like, at Hey, 19. dude, why'd your grandma here? You know? Yeah. Like, 
what's up with that? That's weird. And that's where the place everybody wants to hang out is when the person, you know, when your friend gets their own place and everybody yeah. hangs out there. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. But Do you think that the address of the house is 333? I think that's that, made up. I, I don't oh, think okay, that's a legit Okay, because I was going to say, number. you know that is half of 666. Yeah. So that's like kind of evil, but not fully evil, maybe? It's half evil. It's half evil, maybe? I did, And I did not ask him about that. But I think that is because he still lives in the house, which is why he changed people's names, his name. And, you know, because he doesn't want people just coming to his house. Because he still lives there. Yeah. So then there's another creepy story. Here, I'll play this part. Here you go. And yeah, there's only probably five stories that are actually about me. I think the rest of them are about family and friends that have lived in this house. For a couple of reasons, I'd I'd move housemates in partly to help out with the bills and the mortgage and things because living on your own wasn't easy. And the other side, just for a bit of company. I mean, I've got a pretty big house and I was living on my own and I had the space and a lot of people at that age wanted to move out of the parents but couldn't afford to buy a house so it just made sense to move them in and a lot of them have experienced all sorts of things sightings noises you name it they've pretty much seen and and heard it all and some rather terrifying things (laughs) I I felt had happened and one of them was with one of your buddies who came in and he, I can't remember which one it was, but he saw something and he was like, I'm not coming back and never did. Yeah. So a lad called, I've called him Brad in the book. So I've changed all the names and I've changed the address in the book due to it still being my family home. I needed to uh, keep a bit of anonymity about it. So I've even written under a writer's name. So William Seagrave isn't my real name. (laughs) Um, I've written under a, a pseudonym. But yeah, Brad came around to the house. There were actually six of us there that day who witnessed what happened, but he was the only one in the room who actually saw what happened. And just to sort of long story short, the sofa that I was sat on with two other people lifted off the floor at one end, he says, by about five inches off the floor. Now, I was sat on this sofa. I felt it lift up and it banged back down to the floor. I had wooden floorboards back then, and it made a huge bang as it hit the floor, this big heavy sofa. And the other three guys were sat on the other sofa, which was sort of facing the TV, and Brad was talking to me at the time it happened. So he saw exactly what happened and literally stood up from the sofa, grabbed his jacket, put his drink on the side and said, I'm going and not coming back. That is not normal. That is, <laughs> it's not I don't normal. want to see anything like that again. That is definitely not normal. And it's been 15 years since he's been to my house. And he used to come around two or three times a week. I mean, I still see him out and about every now and again. He lives quite local, um, but he would not step foot in this house. Until next week, because he's actually coming around a week on Friday to have a drink here and discuss what happened that night. So the sofa, Kathy, lifted up off the ground. Like once the end of the sofa. I have never heard this one. Like, and his buddy is sitting there looking at it, and William is on the sofa, and so he feels, you know, and that would be heavy, you know? You yeah. lift the sofa up, like, that would rattle stuff. But Well, and then it bangs yeah, back down again real hard. Yeah, because when it back down, that would well, be the weirdest has, thing. He's sitting on the sofa. He knows it happened. But, you know, when you're sitting on it, you don't know what happened. It's like, what the hell was that? But, the but buddy, he had to have 
felt it. Yeah. Lift. Oh God. Yeah. He felt it. Yeah. But, but you that would be like, what was it? Like, it, I would assume earthquake, something like that, because we were having a lot of earthquakes for a while when they were fracking in the area. And there was some pretty doozies in like my bed, one of them, my bed shook like off the exorcist. <laughs> That's what it felt wow. like. Like it was that kind of, it was weird. And like this weird sound of it sounded like somebody had a gun filled with gravel and was spraying the side of the house. I don't know what caused wow. that. It was the weirdest thing. It was like almost a five. It was like a 4.9. And so it was big enough that, and it just lasted for a second. So I would think, okay, earthquake or something, mm -hmm. but it would yeah, also something. feel like it jumped, but his buddy's sitting there and from his angle, he saw it just lift up. Did, I wonder, I would love to know, did it lift slowly? I think it was fast. That was my fast. assumption. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I did not ask that question, but I just assumed that. Because if it lifted kind of slowly and you were sitting on it, you might not quite realize what was going on. You know what I mean? Immediately that the sofa was lifting until it got high enough. And then you'd go, what? And then boom. We oh. have heard of furniture moving. Oh, yeah. But to actually have somebody sitting on it, I don't believe I've ever had somebody sitting on a piece of furniture that picked up or moved. Do you remember that? I never have had that experience, nor do I no, want to. I've never heard it, though, yeah. is what I'm saying. I've never had, we've had people say furniture has been moved, and it's actually happened to me, you know, where I've come in and furniture's been rearranged. But that yeah. is very interesting. And, you know, I think it was like an older sofa, and those were heavy back in the day. Sure, yeah. I don't really know. heavy. And this last story, I don't know if this is paranormal, and neither does he, but it's a very strange story. So here you okay. go. At the time, um, I was living on my own. I'd been on my own for probably six months in the house, and a good friend of mine who is pretty much, I treat her like a younger sister, um, she'd been begging to come and play poker. I used to play poker every Thursday night and have everybody around here and host a poker night. And there were probably 12 or 13 people every week on a Thursday. And we'd drink the night away, play poker, and, and have a, a good night. And it was generally, we called it lads' night. So it was sort of the boys' night out. Um, but it was in my house. One particular week, she asked if she could come and play. She really wanted to come and play poker. She'd heard good things about it. And she then said, I've got a friend of mine that's looking to rent a room. She's looking for a place in Sheffield, which is where I live. Could she come round too? And I'll introduce her to you. And if, if you're interested in her moving in, she wants to pay rent. She's looking for a place. It'd be perfect for her. Now, she came to the poker night. I agreed terms with her that night. The guys seemed to get on with her really well. She basically moved in the next day. But while we were sat at the poker night, a few of the guys said, it'd be good if you had a housewarming party for her. Now, at the time, I was sort of in my early 20s and thought, yeah, I love a party, let's do it. So I arranged for that Saturday night to have a barbecue, get some beers, and we'll have a bit of a housewarming party for her moving in. And we did. We had a great night. It got to the early hours of the morning and everybody started leaving and ordering the taxis. And one of the guys uh, turned around to me. He was a friend of a friend. I've called him Seth in the book. And he turned around and said... I'm trying to get a taxi, but I'm struggling. I'm on my own. Do you mind if I just go home in the morning and I'll order a taxi in the morning? And I said, well, yeah, that's fine. You can sleep on the sofa. 
I'm going to switch all the lights and things off. I'll leave my keys in the back of the door and I'll go, uh, I'm going to go up to bed. So myself and the lady who just moved in went upstairs to our respective rooms and I woke up, I got rudely awoken at nine o'clock in the morning with a stinking hangover by the noise of a British black cab outside. These these things, these taxis make a horrendous noise and I could hear that and then I heard my front door slam shut. I heard the keys jangling the back of the door. The, the door was shut. I know that for a fact. At nine o'clock in the morning, that door was opened and then slammed closed. Now, at 11 o'clock, uh, I woke with a bit of a headache and I walked downstairs. So two hours later after that, I walked downstairs knowing that my front door wasn't locked. And as I looked up, my front door was just ajar. So it was it was open. It w- wasn't fully closed, but it wasn't fully open. It was sort of a couple of inches open. I thought, oh, no, I've left the door unlocked and somebody's burgled me. Now, bear in mind, I've lived here now 19 years. It's a very nice neighbourhood. Touch wood. I've never had any trouble. Um, it's a nice place. I walked downstairs, saw that my door was open and panicked and thought, oh, no, somebody's broken in. And as I looked outside onto the path, I could see the lady who'd moved in. Her handbag was sort of strewn across the floor with all her, her belongings, her purse, her cigarettes, her phone. Every, everything was on the floor out of her purse. And I ran back upstairs and woke her up out of bed and said, you need to come and have a look at this. Um, I think we've been burgled. And she came downstairs. She ran outside. She picked up a bag. I helped to pick up her belongings. And I said, is there anything missing? She said, no, there's nothing missing, which is weird. I mean, why would somebody break in and just throw a bag on the floor, not steal anything? Uh, But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I've not been in the front room yet. I've not checked if anything is missing. So... Very cautiously, I walked through the door at the bottom of the hallway into the front room. And as I walked in the front room, I looked up, and this was probably one of the scariest sights that I've seen in the house. There were five chef's knives, like long chef's knives, ranging from sort of five to eight inches long. They were stuck in the floor, and they were buried about two inches into the wooden floorboards, and it was all the way across the foot of the door. They were in size order. They were pretty much equally spaced all the way across the foot of the door. And I looked around. Nothing was taken. I, walked, I sort of told the, the lady to stay in the front room. I said, you stay here. I'm going to go and check the rest of the house. It looks like somebody's in the house. And I walked over the knives into the kitchen. As I walked in, there were a couple of cupboard doors that were open and the cutlery drawer was open. I could see the knife block on the side where the knife should have been housed. They were my knives, by the way. They should have been housed in the knife block, and they weren't. They were obviously in the floor. And I walked around the rest of the house, checked every room. There was nobody there. And I walked back to her, and she said, what the hell's going on? What? How has this happened? I said, I have no idea. And uh, the, my first thoughts were, Seth is a friend of a friend. I don't know him that well. He seems a nice guy. But would he have done this as a practical joke? Um, he didn't know of the hauntings of the house or anything like that. But I phoned him and I was quite infuriated that somebody had put knives in my floor. I mean, it had damaged the lovely oak floorboards. So I phoned him quite infuriated and said, what the hell have you done in the front room? What have you done with these knives? And he said, what are you talking about? I haven't done anything. And I said, so this isn't you. You've not left the house like this. And, and he said, no, I, I left at nine o'clock this morning. I got in the taxi at nine o'clock this morning. I phoned the taxi. I got off the sofa and I went straight in the taxi. Now that, to me, I've put in the book, and you've probably read this and said, how can it not be? But 
I've put in the book, look, I don't know if this is paranormal or not, because a logical person or a skeptic could say somebody broke in the house between mm-hmm. nine o'clock and 11 o'clock that morning. Somebody could have walked in and, and done that. And I actually did an interview very similar to this a couple of weeks back, and he made it, he raised a very good point that these knives were two inches into the floor. Now, to do that into an oak floor would be very difficult and it would make a hell of a lot of noise. I was, my bedroom's bang above the living room where this had happened, and I didn't hear this happen. And for me to get the knives out of the floor, it was like, if you've seen Sword in the Stone, it was a bit like that, pulling each one of these knives out the floor. It was quite tough to get them out of the floor. So they'd been driven in with some force. So do you think, Kathy, that would be paranormal? or Absolutely. Oh, no, that's paranormal. Yeah. Because he, he, when he was telling that story, I thought you'd have heard this. Mm-hmm. If somebody actually did it, they would have to pound those in if that was two inches into oak. Oak is so dense it's so hard and you would have to have some sort of mallet or something i mean maybe these knives are really good but you could actually bend a knife trying to do that right and as the um, conversation went on we were talking about so if someone was to break into your home why would they do that like if the idea is to go in and rummage through her purse try to find something of value that just takes time. If if you're a burglar, you're running, you know, time's important. You went in and out yeah. of there. Who's going to stop and figure out how to get five knives equally spaced across and the other, the, the yeah. other thing in that is that equally spaced thing. Yeah. And I think that's they might have even been in order from smallest to largest. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. So you the know. whole thing is so weird. You know, he definitely heard the guy leave. The cab comes, he heard the door shut, heard him leave. Do you know how long it would take me to check out of a house where the knives were equally spaced and implanted in my floor when I stepped out, when I came out into the room to see that? Oh, see, and I like, I told him a couple times while we chatted, I'm like, I am just here to tell you I'd have moved out. I, how have you lived in this house all these years? That knife thing, that's so creepy. Could you imagine getting up in the morning, walking out into your living room and seeing in a doorway five knives, two inches embedded in the floor, equally spaced? Well, even go back further. You woke up in the morning because you heard something. You go downstairs, find the doors open. Your new roommate's purse is all over the place. You run to her room. Hey, we've been robbed. And she gets up, and then it's like, oh, I haven't even checked out the rest of the house. And then you see that creepy thing. So your your senses and, and would be so heightened. The, what, what was in the kitchen? Was there like a cupboard he door said, open? Yeah, drawers and some um, drawers were open, and I think some cupboards were open. Uh-huh. And they were all his knives. So that would mean yeah, someone— Yeah, like they, they're just walking around the house. Like somebody's going to come into your home, walk around— and I'll take this stuff out of her purse and throw it. It was outside, right? Yeah. Or in the front room, or was it outside? I think it was outside, actually. And the, there might have been I, kind of an enclosed area, you know, like yeah, you walk outside in, in kind of a garden area or something. And then, okay, 
and, and then I think I'll just walk into the house and walk through. I'll look in this cupboard, that one, this one, this one, this one. I think I'll take these knives and embed them in the floor. Like, who does this? Yeah, and I could see why you would blame it on the guy who spent the night. But then what is he? Why would he do that? And you would have had to have heard that. That would have had to have been so loud. So. so there's plenty more stories. In the book, um, The Lady in the Bay Window, and you can get it on Amazon. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it for free, actually. There's 25 chapters, and each chapter is a different story that happened in the house. So there that was sounds a, really there good. There was a lot of activity. So okay. you can listen to the whole interview. It's two parts. It's called The Lady in the Bay Window, and it's on the Grave Talks. So you can hear the whole thing there. But I just thought those ghost stories were so good that I wanted to mm-hmm. share them on here. Because mm-hmm. I just thought they were so interesting. But he has never seen the woman. Mm. He has not. I did ask him. I said, because in one of those clips we played, he called him a, he called himself a skeptic. I can't remember. With an open mind? Yeah, skeptic with an open mind. Now, when he first moved in, he was totally skeptic. And so over time, he's, you know, had all these unexplained experiences. I said, what would it take for you to become a believer? And he said, if I saw the woman. And he said his wife has seen her. Wow. Well, does he feel her presence ever? I don't think so. Okay. I think he feels the presence in the house. You know, maybe, obviously, he's had tons tons of things happen. You know, it's just, and everybody who's been in that house has had something paranormal happen to him. Wow. It sounds like. So it was a really interesting interview, so you guys can check that out on the Grave Talks if you'd like to. So if you have a real ghost story, or if you wrote a book, want to talk about it, let me know. 855-853-4802. Or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You could also become a premium subscriber, no commercials, advanced episodes, access to the archive. Sign up today through Apple Podcasts, where you can try it three days free. Sign up through patreon.com slash realghoststories or at ghostpodcast.com. And for all of us here at Real Ghost Stories Online, thanks for listening.